0: Good afternoon, and welcome to another fine, fine time with How Betty Davis Saved My Life Life Lessons from Classic Hollywood. I'm Moya.
1: And I'm Georgia.
0: All right, Georgia, we have um, one of our favorite genres on deck um film film noir and from one of our we always say one of the most under famous actors in hollywood but one of the most underrated actors because he has such television success and uh disney disney film success you forget this guy had a whole other career before that and who are we talking about today
1: fred mcmurray
0: and what's our movie
1: Pushover from nineteen
0: fifty-four. Yes, yes. So, guys, we've done Fred McMurray. This is not our first Fred McMurray movie. What was our other one? I don't remember.
1: Double indemnity. Double,
0: double indemnity. Yes, thank you. We were just talking about it. Yeah. Double the one that made him because he was cause his career is so weird. He was known in Hollywood. He was a successful actor, but that double indemnity just took him over the over the top being iconic besides everybody knows from my my three sons and then flubber and all the disney movies and the absent-minded professor and all this stuff because that's what i knew him from my three sons so when i got into movies and i saw like man this dude had a whole other career and so one of my favorite roles from him besides walter neff and double identity was him being the sleaze ball heel boss in the apartment georgia have you seen that one
1: Yes, I have.
0: Don't you? He is. Girl, he is something else in that, ain't he? Yes, I love him (laughs) as a as a quote unquote villain or sleaze. Yeah, so yeah, so and and he did not disappoint in this movie as well. So we're gonna get into that. So push over and who else? Who are other stars?
1: Introducing Kim Novak in her first starring role, and we also have Philip Carey. We have uh, Dorothy Malone. Yeah, she has dark hair on this movie. E.G. Marshall, yes. and it, there's a little bitty part there where you see Marion Ross, the mom from Happy Days. There's a, a little scene in there with her.
0: Okay, I missed her. I, I don't think
1: I saw her. Yeah, that. yeah. You have to look really quick. There's there's a little scene where the there's a party. Um, uh, Dorothy oh, Malone and the okay, yeah. together. And if you look, it's very very quick, but it is a uh, very young Marion Ross. Mrs. C. One the... Yeah, Mrs. C. <laughs> right.
0: Oh wow. Um Philip, like I think I don't know if you say Philip Carey. He was in a lot of things. Uh people you probably recognize from a whole bunch of television. Some so yeah, man. Um I this movie uh is not a household name movie, you know, you know, didn't well Fred McMurray is already a star, but um it is, I like I said, I love him not being, uh, what well, a man could do everything. So he's one of those rare actors, like I said, underrated. He could do comedy, he could do dramedy, he could do tough guys, westerns. I mean, really, really yeah. rare. He he never he could play anything. And I think we found out when he did Double Indemnity, he was a kind of afraid because he had all he had never played that role before. So he knew he was taking a risk. But I don't I don't think he was nominated. For that role, but he certainly should have as well because he's just he maybe because he played it so well and just underplayed Walter Neff. Um, so but yeah, he so he's Walter Neff ish in this movie. Georgia, tell us about this movie.
1: Well, I tell you what, as far as the plot goes, Fred McMurray plays a cop whose job is to surveil or spy on a bank robber who goes on the lam. Okay, and who doesn't love a out movie yeah now okay he finds himself falling for the bank robber's very seductive girlfriend played by kim novak so this is this is what you're gonna have to watch for so will the cop uh be lured to the dark side by the femme fatale or Will he get the bad guy and recover the money before it's too late? You got to watch and see.
0: You got to watch and see. Yeah, you definitely have to watch and see. So, y'all, for those of y'all who don't know, uh, you know, join us for the first time. Welcome. We want to thank all of you who've been supporting us on all the listening platforms. We're on all of them except Amazon Music yet. And um, you can always catch us on Facebook. How Better David Saved My Life, Life Lessons from Classic Hollywood um shout out to Steve Hayes um he recently just this is a side note check out his youtube uh his youtube channel and his uh facebook channel he recently did uh reviewed um two betty davis movies and and speaking of that we don't want to forget what is going to be our next movie Georgia
1: The Corn is Green with the best actress yes. ever <laughs> Betty Davis <laughs> Yes Yes
0: so Uh, So we'll be looking for that one to drop uh, uh, after this one. And so we call our our show, How Betty Davis Saved My Life, Life Lessons from Classic Hollywood, because we try to curate and and pick movies that you can actually learn something from them. Um, You be edutained, as they say. And Georgia, would you say pushover? Is there any life lessons in pushover?
1: Yeah, I would say so. Because, you know... You don't want to ruin every, you know, in, in a moment of impulse, you don't want to ruin everything that you've built your life upon, everything you stand for, you know, your moral code, the people who trust in you, all that, because you think that you can quickly make a lot of money or this dame is going to stick with you and all that. I mean, so to me that's what I got out of this movie. But I tell you, ah, you know, and sometimes you'll find love because from the Philip Carey and Dorothy Malone, little, uh, aspect of it. You watch these two, sometimes you'll find love in very unexpected, unexpected places. And people are not what they seem at the, like at the beginning. Absolutely. You got to let love develop. Absolutely. So those are the two big takeaways from this movie.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I couldn't agree with you more. Um, and so I just want to get into it is film noir, and I just want to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, hopefully those of you who are listening, you all, you all know what film noir is. Um, it is is that post? And, and and before I say that, the film noir was kind of always there, like in the gangster films. Some of them was kind of over the top, because um, I've seen some like pre. Post World War II film noirish movies. They're very rare. Um, but yeah, so this is that pre, uh, I mean, that post World War II genre film noir where, you know, America's, you know, kind of jaded and you can't have those cornball movies like, and, and people dressed in tuxes. It's more realistic, you know. And I love that pre code and film noir. Is and, and the 30s and 40s, those are my favorite, favorite dramas, but pre-code and um film noir. So let's talk about... I want to talk about Kim Novak real quick. Like you said, this is her first um feature film. It's going to say introducing Kim Novak. She was very young, very pretty. And of course, Fred McMurray is older than her. But Kim Novak, you know, really good actress. She's kind of underrated too. You know, she was able to play with older men because she just had that um sophistication about her and her voice girl i wish i could get my voice to sound like that man just so and raspy oh girl her voice honey she could sell she look she could do some 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 serious uh damage with that voice man because some serious money if you know what i mean but nah that you know that ain't right but yeah she was she was uh really sexy without being uh cheap if, you know what I mean,
1: Georgia? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think that she, the camera, just loves her in yes. this movie. Yes, uh, the, he knew how to light her. Um, yeah, she was stunning. She was enchanting. Um, I think she captivated a lot of American men. Um, mm-hmm. And and she was had this very glamorous, mysterious quality yeah. to her. And and I okay, here we go comparing her with Barbara Stanwyck, who played Phyllis. Of course, Phyllis is very scheming and she's right. well you know but but she but I think in this role that Kim Novak is more mysterious she's yeah. more sensual but she's, she's vampire she's, yeah. she's got this gla- to her and I have to tell on her about something okay mm-hmm. I was listening to somebody who had interviewed her not all that long ago and he said you know he says though that that first time where you go into the apartment, uh, Fred McMurray's apartment, and you, like, take off your coat, he goes, and he was afraid of going too far because it would shut her down if he went too far, and he goes, were you wearing a brazier?" And she says, oh, honey, I never wore a brassiere. Well. And I was like, Honey, wow, she was the
0: high you
1: know? and mighty. I give her that. Yeah. Sweet I, it, it, Yeah, and so <laughs> she's just really... you. Ha- That's, I mean, you look at that, that scene and you're going, I looked at it again. I went, oh, she's not. Oh my gosh. And this is like 1954 and she's Mm -hmm. getting by the censors with no problem. But there's so much in this movie that's very nuanced. Okay. If you look at at the back of the dress, I mean, it's kind of like the unzipped zipper and Mm -hmm. all the kind of things that are going on in there and they don't have to hit you over the head with it, but you know that they're. A very torrid affair but I have to tell you one of the movies that you really have to see after this that I thought was the most one of the most sensual dance scenes I've ever seen in a movie is when she went on to do Picnic the following year oh, yeah yeah William Holden and she does that that dance that with dance, him right oh my gosh but believe it or not Kim Novak was only 20 or 21 when she did this movie and yeah. she never had formal uh, acting lessons ever okay. and so the age gap between her and fred mcmurray is the only thing that i this really is kind of glaring in this movie is mm-hmm. he's about 25 years old because he was about 46 oh. when he started the movie playing paul sheridan mm-hmm. you know the lead role and sometimes i wondered how this movie would have played out if philip Carey, if they had maybe switched. i don't know i i kind of wondered about that a little bit but yeah i still love fred i love fred mcmurray when I was a little girl, he was one of the first movie stars that I ever recognized because my mom and dad would take, we'd all pile in the car, go to the drive-in and see all those Disney movies, Fred McMurray in them, and of course, my three sons. But I have to tell you, Moya, if Chip and Ernie had seen their dad in this movie, they would have grown up real quick. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I grew up I grew up looking at it <laughs> A fully grown adult, I I I was shocked. Uh, it was very, again, all these modern day movies with all this porn that's in it. You know, just quite honest with, with you, uh, what they call acceptable, you know, porn. I guess, um, how how to be sexy and sensual without being vulgar. You know, um, right. because this movie did not hide. And look, he picked her up. Okay. When they first meet, he picked her up. She was down with it, okay. And I, I like I said, women and men. You know, I'm trying to tell you what to do. But if you're gonna be out here in these streets, you know, maybe you want to learn how to handle yourself. <laughs> how to handle yourself, a man, because Fred McMurray, he had, he was extremely sexy and, and sexual. You know, yeah, and and he, when him and his friend, um, McAllister, they're going talking back and forth about marriage, and um, and he said the guy McAllister said, well, maybe I don't like women that much, and that's why I'm not married. And uh, McMurray's uh Paul says, well, I, I like him too much, that's why I'm not married. You know, so you know he was a go getter, and he got he got go got because because <laughs> she. Uh, She was down with it, you know. And, and as far as the age gap thing, maybe because, you know, if they had Fred McMurray, you know, he he was tall and handsome and, you know, debonair or whatever you want to call it. And she was stumped. Kim Novak, even though she was, like you said, barely after 18, she exuded femininity and being yeah. a woman and not afraid or ashamed of her sexuality without being... A total tramp so I think that's probably how they got away with it just good acting
1: oh yeah yeah but you know I was so amazed that she was already possessing undeniable screen presence and star charisma already yeah and 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 I was just really blown away by that and I thought you know you know this is kind of like a role that in the past it would have put Marilyn Monroe in, but I think she's like got such way better acting chops than Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, I mean,
0: I don't have anything against Marilyn, you know, because some of the movies that she did when she was serious, like the Misfits and all I hope we'll get a chance to do that. She did really well in that. Um, But, you know, Marilyn was already being sold as the sex pot. And I think Kim Novak, you know, just a few interviews I saw with her, she did not want that. And when she started, they kept pushing that sex pot, sex pot, sex pot. She wanted yeah. to be taken seriously as an actress. And that's one of the reasons why she left Hollywood. But yeah, she had the chops to pull us off. So you know who I thought about? I thought about Jane Mansfield. But I think she'd have been too young. I don't think she, I think she came out a little later. Um, Jane Mansfield was another good actress. I've seen her in not glamorous roles. Yeah she was another one victim of sex pot, sex pot, sex pot, you know? So, but yeah, she, I think she, she, like I said, she'd have been too young, but I thought about her too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I don't want to take anything away from Marilyn Monroe or Jane Mansfield, but yeah, you're right in the right roles. They could definitely act.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: So what else you have um, for us? Well, okay. Uh, I just, I thought, cause you know, to us nowadays, when you mention the, Actual amount in the robbery was $210,000. It was stolen from the bank. But in 2021, that money would have been equivalent to $2.13 million. And in 2022...
0: That's two hundred and thirteen thousand dollars with this dog on inflation
1: <laughs> good point Moya <laughs> yeah due to do the inflation wah, right. Wah. <laughs> right
0: right but yeah um,
1: well this is also uh, Fred McMurray's final noir role that oh. he actually did yeah okay. and um so and and, and, and and of course you know being a Noir film you know, that uh, he's not gonna—he's not destined to end up on a tropical beach with an umbrella drink, so you gotta really watch. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. you're
0: right. You're right. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's that, film but, one. Um,
1: You know, one of the things that I really liked about this movie is the the fact that I thought it had so much. In it that yes, people will make comparisons to Double Indemnity and Rear Window, and yes. and I was and I was thinking, don't these people own any blinds or curtains? <laughs> That's what I was thinking. But you know what?
0: <laughs> I remember when I, uh, you know, riding around town and especially back home, Well, from and there would be the main drag, one the m- boulevards. But even across the street in my neighborhood, some people have the—they don't use blinds and curtains, which is crazy. That's so yeah. So I was saying the same thing, but they don't. That's true. They oh saw my everything. God. They saw they saw everything. Yeah. So we're talking about the stakeout, guys. Uh, like we said earlier, Kim Novak was being staked out because she was connected to the uh, the bank robber. Um, what else? What else, Georgia? Caught your attention about this movie?
1: Well, you know, I'm going to say this. I think it's very sexy, but in kind of some inappropriate ways. Because today, in our sensibilities, you know, as modern women, we look at it and we're going. They're kind of like there's a voyeuristic kind of a feel to it that made me a little bit uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh
0: yeah.
1: And then off of that, you know, there's there's a scene where you know. She she makes a discovery, Kim Novak makes a discovery about Fred McMurray, and she's obviously angry about it. And then she, well, she reacts in an angry way, and then his reaction to her, mm-hmm. you know, I kind of thought, like, I, you know, that kind of a thing shouldn't really be encouraged as being sexy. <laughs> so I'll just kind of leave it at that. I'll let y'all watch that. Yeah. But, um... But uh, so, I mean, there was like, there's a scene where there's a guy and he's a masher, you know, and and Philip Carey, he kind of, you know, he, he appears in that scene. And I think it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like the Dorothy Malone character because I thought she was she played kind of like a wholesome right. girl next door in a way she was kind of interestingly unpredictable. I mean, she's yeah. likey and likable and spunky, but you kind of, there's a couple of times where you don't know which direction she's going to go in. Right. Uh, so th- those are just some thoughts that I had while I was watching this movie. But, you know, I have to tell you, this movie stands on its own. Yeah. It really does. I, I grew up in L.A., and so when I see things to me that are like, Film noir, and the backgrounds are very, obviously, L.A. at night. Mm -hmm. You just got me right there. You know, (laughs) I just, I love it. Plus, you know, I love Kim Novak and Fred McMurray so much. Oh, yeah. This movie me was just an utter delight. And as they would say in the 1950s, it's a doozy. It's a dandy. (laughs) Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah, and, and because there's not a lot of boom, pow, car chase, blah, blah, blah. You have to pay attention. It is character studies because you find out why Fred 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 McMurray, in a brief conversation with um his partner McAllister, he talks about why he was what's his motivation behind some of the decisions he will go on to later make. Uh, showing how to how to camaraderie between you know police partners and and such. Um. And it was a lot of hard life choices being made. I, You know, I love yeah. those kind of movies. And like I said, it seems like a totally just like a little one-off picture or film noir or whatever. No, but I think it kind of started that genre of hard life choices. I mean, because we've seen movies like that. But the cop drama and then changing the perception of the cop because we always you know even in, in real history had corruption and with cops and all that but I think and it's funny that Fred McMurray like you said this was his last film noir who went on to totally you know sanitize his 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 uh acting you know all his movies with Disney and my three sons and all this kind of stuff but he this movie focused on uh corruption and that type of thing and that before the cops sort of, you know was the hero Unless it was something specific, you know, like that, like a cop being paying off by the mob, but that's to me, this was one of those first movies that dared to tackle that. Um, and I love how it was shot, the street scenes. Um, like I you said, you're from LA, so you you knew all those scenes, and using the the streets, uh, specifically as a prop, and it is a part of the story, you know, and so I I really like that. But yeah, um and so let's quickly talk about Walter Neff his role in Double Indemnity and his role as Paul Sheridan in Pushover. Um what do you what do you see there, Georgia?
1: I think that the Walter Neff character was a little bit more well-drawn motivationally. You see the interesting relationship he had with uh, Edward G. Robinson and Mm -hmm. how that he how his boss trusted him Mm -hmm. and you kind of see a little bit more of the motivation behind it and i thought that some things about uh him in that role were chilling to me there's a scene that i will never forget in that movie where you see barbara Stanwyck; she's sitting in the front seat next to her husband fred mcmurray's in the back he's about to just clobber and murder her husband. And I am thinking, is Fred McMurray really capable of doing this? Because <laughs> and, and I and then I looked at Barbara Stanwick, her face mm-hmm. through that, mm-hmm. and it just blew me away. And I thought, oh my God, Fred McMurray, because you know, I mean, he doesn't. He, and he really, all the way up until he actually commits it, I kept wondering, is he going to have like a change of heart? Mm-hmm. You know? So in, the, in um this movie, I have to say, Richard Quine, the director, was 33 years old. I still think he does a wonderful job. Oh, yeah. Because before this, he done only comedies before this. Oh, okay. I still think he really did wonderfully well. I think that the character, the way that it's drawn out and the motivations and the Seduction uh, with with uh, Barbara Stanwyck is much more uh, drawn out or played out. It's explained. They spend more time on it than they do in the movie. Mm -hmm. So that's how I see Walter Neff different than Paul Sheridan, because you see it played out with more camera angles and details, script, and in the dialogue, you see more of it in there.
0: Yeah. Yet this movie is very well paced. And yes. because you have such like excellent, um, another underrated actor, E.G. Marshall, one of the best actors, character actors, not a leading man, but excellent in every role I've ever seen him in, and we already told And darth Malone, she she became a good star. She also became kind of a little sex symbol, and she went on to win an Oscar for I believe Written in the Wind, um, but. Yeah, but this movie was still very well paced. Is it, you have there's not a dull moment, but there's not a wasted piece of scenery. You have to pay attention. The apartments are a part of the plot. Okay, you yes. have to pay attention, and you're not bored at all. And it seems it's like a little simple little movie, but it, it's it's not. You really have to pay attention. So I would say I agree with what you're saying with Walter Neff, and because it's so easy to draw comparisons. But it's, but there, had I not seen Double Indemnity, I would not feel like, oh, um, you know, uh, Fred McMurray, you know, didn't do, you know, this is all he can do or something like that. Or or should, should I say, maybe I'm saying it wrong. Had I not seen Pushover, nothing was lacking. That's what I'm trying to say. Each character stood on its own, was strong. I didn't think, oh, well, he should have did this. Uh, what he did in double indemnity, he should have did this in pushover. You know, I didn't think that because he played them as two totally different guys. A lot of similarities, but I think that was on purpose because you had two totally different women. He had a younger woman with Kim Novak and she was already the criminal element or, you know, swimming around with it. And he was a cop. So he had more of an oath. He had friends and Sense of Duty versus Walter Neff, who was just kind of on his own. Like you said, he was only kind of beholden to to, uh, Edward G. Robinson. So he had to play it differently. And I'm glad he didn't try, like so many actors we see play the same dude over and over and over. No, I would say uh, Paul Sheridan was Walter Neff's older uncle. (laughs) who knew who knew the score but still was a skirt chaser but it but guys it's really not about skirt chasing it the skirt chasing was really an opportunity for something else and i'm not you know we don't want to give too much away the real prize was something else the his relationship with kim novak just happened to be the off-ramp to that and i like how he how he played that um so, Georgia, you said in the beginning, you know, what? What? what's the life lesson, you know, about um, making choices and, uh, you know, circumstances. You know, what are you going to do? What, what is your true character? You know, and I'm kind of paraphrasing what you're saying. But, yeah, we're, we're, we, are, we are about to wrap this up. Georgia, do you have any final uh, comments?
1: Um, Gosh, Moya, I just want to say that... Um, the movie ends there is uh like in in these movies you so often find like um a little bit of uh uh, uh, some poignancy or like some insight but I think the final scene provides terrific movie justice I'll just say that yeah in my way of thinking I I just wanted to end with that
0: yeah um all I will say is, for those of you who are Breaking Bad fans, I got glimpses, and I'm probably gonna give it away, this movie away, if I say this. The, put it like this: the ending scene should remind you of uh, of, of Walter White. Him and him, Paul Sheridan and Walter White were making similar life choices (laughs) i'll just leave it like that they were living parallel lives so to speak Uh, paul sheridan could have been a precursor to walter white and i'll just leave it like that um well guys that is it we are done please check out 1954's pushover a film noir a sleeper film noir classic you will not be disappointed if you love those old tv cop movies um this probably was a springboard to that, you know, because in the 50s and 60s and, um, you know, kind of into 70s a little bit. Yeah. Great cop shows. I mean, just some of the best cop shows ever on television. Classic TV time. Well, I'm Moya. And who are you, ma'am? And I'm Georgia. And we are out of here, guys. Don't forget to check us out on our Facebook page. How Betty Davis Saved My Life. Life Lessons from Classic Hollywood. Again, we appreciate you. We cannot do this without your support we really really love you and we love doing this see you next time for betty davis the corn is green take care guys